Go ahead. Hello? Hello. Hi, John. <laughs> hi, hi, Merlin. How's it going? Good. We have a new technical constraint. Seems to be working. Seems to be working. I think I can hear you fine. I can hear okay. the streetcar. I heard it nice and loud. Oh, doctor, how's it going? Uh, you got uh, a little bit of a back problem. Oh, no. I was going to tell you about my customer support call, but I want to hear about your back. What's going on with your back? Oh, uh, I don't think you do. I don't think anybody wants to hear about it. No, don't uh, say that. People, people well, are concerned. No, that's the problem. It's just, you know, we used to get on this show and I'd just be like, oh, I'm killing spies and I'm, you know, like down in helicopters. I was excited to hear that your trail cutting plan uh, made it onto Omnibus. That made me very Mm -hmm. happy. Well, and, you know, the trail cutting plan is actually like going to make it into government policy. Mm -hmm. Not very long here. Yeah. Maybe not this government, but. Well, Um, Ken Ken seemed a little bit. Skeptical. Well, he kept looking job, at, right? He, well, I suppose he kept looking at the, I don't know, trying to tease out the ugly side of it as being some kind of incarceration instead of seeing it as a way of helping. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's true of, of uh, that's true of the response to a lot of plans. You know? was, <laughs> the bigger the plan, the harder the pushback. And I was ta- I was talking to somebody in Seattle not very long ago about my plan for like uh, like a. Um, you know, I'm talking about housing the, and the how plan. Gonna... Let's be clear: the the plans, <laughs> the plans so far, the part you're willing to, you know, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I'm. Scared. It's like the grays. You can't just bring it on people. You got to go a little at a time. Get them used to the idea of John's plan. Yeah, it's a, it's a broad sketch. It just involves first of all, you got to procure the land, mm-hmm. and they're like, hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no, no. Bear with me, and then and then we employ the architects. And they're like, yeah, the architects. <laughs> So I've got a great plan, but that's the problem, right? If, if you know, it, it, everything works perfectly if, as long as everybody shares one hundred percent the same. I, I don't. I don't think that's too much to ask, especially no. if you go to let's use the word to vulnerable parents who oh, are, they're right. at wit's end. They're ready to pay for for one of those costly places where the kids go groom horses and get off get off uh, uh, squeak, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, but maybe John comes in. John's architect comes in. Maybe dressed as a bishop. I'm thinking mm. comes in and says, "John has a, John has a plan for you." He's dressed as Smokey Bear. Oh, is he got one of those cool hats? <laughs> yeah, he's Smokey Bear Bishop. But you got he's got, he's got you got to earn it. The they don't just yeah. give those hats away. No, 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 no. They bishop don't. Smokey. They, they smell like forest fire. <sighs> mm. <laughs> no, my they come back. in with some brochures. Maybe it's a couple forms to fill out. Well, listen. You Are you going to cut the bureaucracy form. on this kind of thing, John? Look, here's what. Here's what. There's going to be a blue school bus parked downtown <laughs> because it's the United Nations. Eleven <laughs> thirty a.m. It's not some seven a.m. thing. It's eleven mm-hmm. thirty a.m. downtown mm-hmm. in San Francisco. It'll be right by Union Square. Mm-hmm. You, you won't have trouble finding it. Okay. <laughs> Show up at eleven thirty with your kid with a small bag packed. Mm-hmm. We'll take it from there. Mm-hmm. You'll see him in a year. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll come back when he's ready. We'll know when he's al- ready. They'll be allowed to write. You yeah. can write them. Well, you know, Smokey makes determinations. <laughs> they'll, they'll be allowed to write unless they're in the hole. <laughs> they're, unless they're in the hole, but I'm imagining a little bit like the flash dance rehearsal, where you're going to have to come into the room and, and reach a, a board of Smokies, and a board of Smokies, yeah. Smoky Bishops, will, will decide whether it's time for Johnny to go home. 
Well, ultimately, I decide. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Under his I, eye. Mm-hmm. I'm the voice behind the bishop, behind the smoky bishop. <laughs> there's, there's, there's someone behind the curtain. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, you're, gonna, come, you're gonna personally, you're gonna personally approve every uh, every uh, exit visa from the program. I come walking through with a tennis racket that's got two five pound weights taped to it. <laughs> and I'm, just pra- <laughs> I'm just practicing my swing. Start out in <laughs> I still say that every night. My daughter just stares at me. <laughs> that wasn't Kufel. That was somebody else that said that. No, that was oh shower down to get an A was not Kufel. No, that was Coach. Same school, yeah. uh, coach. Uh, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it's the thing is like again I say it's like the Grays in the sense that this is a plan that is obviously very ambitious. Even just the parts that we know about. And John John's plan is going to have depth and breadth. It's going to involve a lot of I'm guessing eminent domain. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the problem the problem is uh, there are so many bad precedents. This is the thing about uh, this is the thing about socialism, right? Yes. If you're if you're talking about it. Uh, all your opponents have to do is point to the dozens and dozens of times when um, some socialistic plan has failed. You're not going to be gluing pears to a tree. No, we're not gluing pears, but it's a uh, it's a situation where, for instance, when I talk about Seattle and how I'm going to solve the housing problem here, I get a lot of people say, hmm, hmm. well... And then, you know, they always love to say Cabrini Green. Everybody wants to say Cabrini Green at you. That's an example of uh, public housing turning into a a crucible of crime. Right, right. Public housing that became a terrible thing for all involved. Mm -hmm. And I go, you know, listen, just just because Chicago failed and New York failed and St. Louis failed and uh, San Francisco failed, all the... Many, many examples all the great of public failures. Mm-hmm. failing. That doesn't mean that my plan is going to fail because I've taken all that in consideration. No, that's very short-sighted. Yeah. And, the, you know, the youth re-education camps, I mean, certainly there are lots of, lots of examples of how uh, an autocratic government took a bunch of young people, troubled young people, away to a camp. and, uh, yeah, it's, and a, it's, it's the rule that proves the exception. <laughs> that's exactly the case. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's a, na- it's a natural environment. We recognize that 7th and 8th graders are not human beings Mm-mm. and uh, that they need strenuous exercise. But you're more of a human being at 6 or 7 than you are at 12 or 13. Oh, I can't couldn't agree more. And you can feel it in your bones. You you know you know that you need to get back into become some kind of a poopa. Yes. You need, you're not done yet. I, I, I have a question for you on yes. the on the parenting mm-hmm. tip before we get uh, to my bad back. I need to write all these down. So we got my, we got a, we got a bad back. We got yeah. solo parenting follow up, yeah. and we've got um, trying to get uh, my light switch installed. Okay. Oh no, I want to hear about that. Holy shit. Is this is this an internet light switch? Yes. This, oh boy, I can't wait. Let's get Matt Howie on the phone. Uh, um, so so oh so uh, so pairs. my my daughter found Archie comics. The new ones? Now, well, no, 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 no. I won't let those in my home. Mm-hmm. No classic Archies. Mm-hmm. She found some of my classic Archies. And then she developed. So then, then Archie became a thing that she liked and wanted to see. And so we were oh, at cool. that big, big comic book store in the uh, Pike Place Market, um, the big one that sells like life size Batman, mm-hmm. Batsmen, or yeah, <laughs> Batsmen, Bats, Batman, Batsmen <laughs> General. Uh, and so she found some uh, some you know enormous uh, classic Archie pocket book. 
And oh, it's, it's one a, of those like a, is it a big book or like one of those digests we used to get? It's a digest. Oh, I used to love those. Except it's got like fifty comic books in it. Yeah. So I bought it for her, and then my mom writes me, and she's like, "Why is she reading Archie's?" Hmm. And I was like, "Well, I mean, I read Archie's all through childhood. He turned out great." She, yeah, exactly. And she said, "Archie is about teenagers." And I oh. said, "Well, yeah, I guess, but I mean." They don't. I mean, they don't really have very sophisticated concerns. Mm-hmm. And my mom said, well, it's all about being boy crazy and girl crazy. Mm. I was like, well, yeah, I guess that's true. It's it's about hamburgers, too. They eat a yeah. lot of hamburgers and cars. Well, was it Pops they go to? Yeah. Well, and, you know, and what about uh, what about Veronica's dad? He's like a rich Mr. guy. Mr. Lodge. Mr. Lodge. We never see Archie's parents. Mm-hmm. We see Mr. Lodge. Uh, he's well. He's a well-to-do like land developer or something, right? Isn't he some kind of big shot? Yeah. Well, I feel like he's like Richie Rich's dad. He's got a, oh. he's got a finger in every pie. Sure, distant distant rich uh, father. And then you know the teacher and the crazy lunch lady. Yeah, Miss Grundy. Miss Grundy. I have not read this in years. This is all from memory, so I might the, be getting some the of this principal, wrong. The principal, the big kind of principal fellow. Uh, principal uh, Wigglesby. Principal Higglebottom. Higglebottom. He uh, he looks Weatherby, exactly. Weatherby, Weatherby, Weatherby. God, you're good. Oh and my principal God. Weatherby looks I can't, exactly I can't like get my light switch connected to the internet. <laughs> but I remember the principal from Archie. Principal Weatherby. He looks exactly like the owner of WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Gordon Jump. Gordon Jump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Actually, I anyway. think technically Mother owns it. But <laughs> holy shit. Wow. Holy shit. Anyway, so my anyway, mom is so like... Anyway, so your mom sees it, and all she sees is a bunch of shucking and jiving about, about giddy dating stuff from the 60s and 70s. Yeah. And she's like, you know, Moose is really jealous of Midge. And I'm like, yeah, Moose and Midge, like, that's the, that's the template of all my romantic relationships. I'm Moose. I'm always looking for my Midge. Mm. Is that Hegelian, do you think? Uh, I think it's more Kantian. Kantian. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Well, that's uh, just that's just pure reason. It is pure reason. Yeah. It's well. It's more of a critique of pure reason. Mm. I'm, I'm missing a tooth and I can't say. Pure <laughs> oh no! Reason. Still. Critique of pure reason. You're so Seriously, cute. My little mouth can't even make the shapes. Uh, so I'm now I'm on the fence. So I sat down with her. She was reading her Archie and oh, and the great thing about Archie is that it communicates immediately to a child that they are a teen. So I came in and she's reading her little Archie curled up on the couch. And I was like, Hey, let me talk to you about that Archie. She didn't reply. Mm. I was like, Hey, a teenager, let me, I want to ask you about your comic book. And she was like, uh, what? Yeah. I'm like, Oh boy. Okay. So Archie then and I said, um, uh, Nana's concerned that Archie's too grown up for you. She's like, it's not. I'll like, pass well, that along. Uh, well, she says that it's teenagers and that it's a bunch of boy-girl stuff and that you shouldn't be exposed to that too young. Hmm. And she was like, ugh. I'm fine, thanks. Yeah. Goodbye. Oh, I know, I know that sound. And I was like, all right, well, I guess we're in agreement then. That you're fine and it's fine. Are you able to isolate, um, uh, what's it, Nana? Yeah, Nana. are you able to isolate the specifics of Nana's concern? Is it is it a general sense of this is just too old for her, or is it more a sense of like that there's bad or problematic values and uh, attention in this? I think both. I, I mean, I think my mom is is um, is conscious of uh, 
intrusions into childhood that kids aren't yep. allowed to be kids yep. that yep yep that um and you know my mom is opposed to letting little girls get their ears pierced opposed to them wearing makeup um somebody uh somebody in the family bought her a little packet of what could only be called like little they're not bras but they're little training you know tops yeah, we get those and my mom is like absolutely not hmm. the day a young woman gets her first bra is a is a is a day where you go where the women of the tribe go mm-hmm. out to the yurt and they burn mm. they burn squirrels alive that's a day and then, of portent and shame that well it's something mm. you know it's it's not just you know six year olds don't just go running around with bras yeah okay All and right. i was like I said, that's one of those things where I'm like, look, I have absolutely no idea. I cannot even comment. <laughs> like, I don't even know the language. And so I just have to, like, I, I have to take a step back, you know. But, but it's something that my mom feels strongly about. It's something that my daughter's mother also has feelings about. Oh, really? And, well, oh, oh, just not- the, the general idea of, like, let her be a kid. For sure, let her, the general idea. But every specific thing, they also have very strong feelings about. Okay. And, you know, and I am I, in, in a general way, I do believe in ritual and I believe in like on this day, you you become a you become a person who can use the computer by herself. And on this day, you know, I believe in that in the in the kind of I put on my I put on my bishop robe and my smoky uh-huh, bear hat uh-huh, and uh-huh. I, I hold my my scepter and I say from this day forward, you can do this on your own. Um, but there are some, some of these things that I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I was reading, you know, Mad Magazine was mm-hmm. way more sophisticated than I was at seven. Oh yeah. But I was reading it and nobody was supervising it. It's right there on the was, shelf. You just go pick it up. Yeah. And no, no one ever asked any questions or answered any questions. I was just sort of like, I'm reading Mad's parody of Kramer versus Kramer. And <laughs> that's not a movie I would be allowed to see. But I'm reading the parody of it, so I have to understand it. You know, I'm, I'm not only am I understanding it, but I'm understanding what's ridiculous about it. Yes, uh, that's asking a lot of a kid. But that's that. Also, when, when we were helped. kids and you picked up a Mad magazine, I mean, I, I don't know if it's exactly the same, but given the limited number of things, how can I put this? And yeah, you, you had three three big stations, you had three news stations. Like it was, if it was about Nixon, like you understood that there was like a Nixon thing. Like Nixon is this crooked guy, and like you knew what that was about. Or in the case of Kramer versus Kramer, a few years later, or Rocky, or whatever, you knew what they were parodying because there were like ads for it on TV and magazines. It was all right. like knowable, right? And things your parents would know about. Yeah, right. And things that you would overhear people talking about, or like you say, it's it's in Time Magazine, so you can read. You can read about it if you're interested, right? So I part mean, of I, it might be the attitude or worldview that it espouses. Like, there are some things where I waited a little while. Like, actually, this is another one that's a, there's a, a Mummy Daughter series, but they've read, I think, two or three books into um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And that oh, was one where I held um, off for a while because I thought, I want to wait until she's a little older. She's not going to know what a digital watch is. She's not, she doesn't like, understand the Jesus jokes. Like, but at least, like, wait till she's a little older because... Ditto for Monty Python. I've limited the amount of Monty Python because there's such a kind of a meta layer to it that I want her to appreciate when it's time. Agreed. And knowing that kids, this is something I believe to keep myself sane, which is that there are stuff kids will be exposed to that they will filter out. It's going to be like a Westworld host. They're just going to go, looks like nothing to me. There's certain things they're going to see that's just going to be lost bits because they don't have a context for what that dirty joke means. 
Yeah. But, so, so it could part, but my point being, it could also be, you got to be careful of the cheekiness, like what kind of issues are taken lightly. Just the general idea that like this is going to encourage a worldview beyond the tender, the tender years. And I feel like uh, that's my mom's complaint about Archie. But from our standpoint, like what are the main concerns in Archie? Uh, the, yeah. uh, the idea is that Betty and Veronica both want Archie. Mm-hmm. For reasons unclear to everyone, Archie is neither handsome, nor rich, nor nor competent. The back of his head looks like a waffle. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Dagwood, mm-hmm. like a like a ginger oh, Dagwood. Oh, he does. You're right. He's a ginger Dagwood. He's the ginger Dag. Mm-hmm. And he, he his car isn't cool. He's not great at sports. Like Archie is just kind of a just a. You know, he's not, he never says anything interesting, really. It's not like, I mean, Jughead at least is fascinating. You can tell Jughead's got layers. He's got layers. And for that matter, Reggie is fascinating. Oh, I agree. I mean, he's shitty dude. He's Mm -hmm. like, he's rich and suave and handsome and and he's up to no good. Today we would look at Reggie and say, to avoid the P word, we would at least say that he's entitled. That that he feels like because he's like I think he's kind of a, a well-to-do guy with cool shiny hair, like he deserves certain things in life. He certainly cannot. He's in a way an audience proxy because he, like we, cannot understand what they see in Archie. Do you think different people see see themselves in different Archie characters? I was absolutely a jughead. Okay. Oh yeah, sure, 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 sure. What 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 who, what were you? I mean, I always. I mean, I was such a weirdo. Like when I saw Star Wars, I liked Luke. Like, all the cool kids liked Han Solo, but I thought Luke was really cool. Yeah, I liked Archie. I uh, There was something in the, like, competent everyman or, you know, somebody, uh, you know, the typical kind of competence porn. Anybody who's able to not get killed doing something kind of normal was really impressive to me. Like, uh-huh. I, I basically wanted to live in the Brady Bunch house. Like, I, my aspirations were very, very quotidian. <laughs> I, and I, I, could, I could put up with the waffle hair. I had home hair. Like you, I had home haircuts. I wouldn't even know how to ask for a waffle head. In my case, I identified with Jughead primarily, well, because Jughead, Jughead's the antihero, right? He's sort and of what, the Maynard G. Krebs to um, to Archie's um, Dobie Gillis. Well, yeah, but but like Jughead is a character out of a western. <sighs> like Jughead, like the the hero of the western. At the end, when they've run the bad guys out, you know, when they've won the railroaders out or the cattle men out of town and the credits are rolling, the hero, the white hat, the sheriff or whatever, goes back and marries the, you know, like the last scene we see, he's got his arm around the the mm-hmm. the madam or the hotel lady or the, you know, the, the farm wife or whoever is the heroine and the and the Jughead character hops on his horse with his kind of dirty hat and he says something quippy and then he rides off alone. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh yes, that's me. That's yeah. me. I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the sheriff. I'm not the townie. And Jughead never, he's, you know, the, he has everybody's confidence. The girls are as close to Jughead as to anybody, but Jughead is always a man apart. Hmm. Always his eyes on the horizon He's sort of the, the townie. He's he's not the guy that goes off to the Ivy Leagues. He's he's the guy who stays in town. 
Oh well, I see what you're saying. In the if you're if you're in the, if you're if you're looking at it through the breaking away lens. Okay. Yeah. Whether, he's a, he thinks he's know, a cutter. You, I mean, he's definitely in the cutter category. But in terms of the Archie universe, he is a he is immune to the problems. Everybody else has got problems, problems, problems. The only problem oh, Jughead right. has is hamburgers. He floats above it. He wants a hamburger. Hamburgers and, are so easy to get. Yeah, right. Like yeah. you can satisfy Jughead, but he also like Veronica. He's, he's, Betty, a, he's, a, he's a kind of uh, crowned Buddha. He's a Buddha. Mm-hmm. Veronica and Betty hold no attraction to him, but mm-hmm. also Can't he's, never gonna, he's never going to be in trouble with Midge. <laughs> uh, he's never going to be in trouble with. I mean, I guess he gets in trouble with uh, Mister Wheatley. Mister Wheaton. Mister Wheat Whistle 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 Warp. But anyway, so I always identify, and it's not because I'm fixated on hamburgers. I don't. I didn't identify with Wimpy. No. Well, no. I think I think he gets a bad rap. You think Wimpy gets a bad rap? It's hard to be a secondary character because you don't get as much backstory. Right. Like we don't know why he's the way. I I don't. I feel like I don't know why Wimpy is the way that he is. I mean, I don't know if he has the money and doesn't want to spend it. I don't know. If, I mean, trigger warning. I don't know if he has some kind of an eating disorder. I don't know if he's just like like feeding the pain. But like, you think Wimpy likes being Wimpy? I think he's feeding the pain. But you know, this is the thing. There's something to Wimpy. There's something in his manner mm-hmm. that suggests that he does have the money, mm-hmm. or at least suggests that he has. Other means beyond yeah. just mooching. Yeah, yeah. But you know, but he's a he's a character from the um, from like the depression. It seems like he's got a he's got a little butt of a cigar on a toothpick, mm-hmm. and he's like he reads his hobo high. reads his hobo a little bit. Yeah, but he's all you know. He's like he's got he's got high manner, right? He's like he's highfalutin a little oh, bit. Oh, can, can I just t- tell you something? I just sent you the link for this. I just learned uh, what Jughead's cap is called. It's oh, called, his little paper crown, or his, his, his crown with the little buttons on it. It's called a, a, a whoopee cap. A whoopee cap. A whoopee cap is a style of headgear popular among youths in the mid twentieth century. Uh, it was often made from a man's felt fedora with the brim trim trimmed with a scallop cut and turned up. In the twenties and thirties, such caps usually indicated the wearer was a mechanic. It also referred. Uh, it's also referred to as a jughead hat, a palookaville cap, devil's cap, clubhouse cap, dink cap, rat cap, or kingpin. And also famously worn, as you'll see in the in the Wikipedia photograph, uh, by uh, J- George Goober Lindsay, also had a whoopee cap. A whoopee cap. Well, now I know what I it's called. It. I love it. Oh, yeah. of course he, of course Goober, you're talking about. Yeah, it's not like a mechanic's crown or a Buddha. Sure. George Goober Lindsay. Well, now that makes a lot of sense, doesn't mm-hmm. it? He kind so, of floats. He go. kind of floats above it, though, in, in in a lot of ways. I mean, I haven't read these in years, and like I say, right now there has been a there's a TV show which I haven't seen, but I've heard some people like. But the, uh, my daughter reads the uh, the current Archie comics, which I would definitely put more in the teen uh, but, arena. Oh, so what are the what are what makes what are the current ones? What do they do? Well, you know, they're having fun. They've updated it. It's a little bit more. There's one where Archie died a few years ago, which was a big deal. Uh, I personally am not reading them, but 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 she is. Mm-hmm. But you feel like you're looking for like you're trying to figure out what to do next about this. Well, you you remember when G, when uh, Archie uh, found Jesus? Archie, do you remember? Fa- I feel like I don't. Well, so in the 1970s, Archie, somebody Jesus. took over Archie. Oh dear. 
And all of a sudden... <gasps> yes, here we go. 12 craziest moment, moments from Archie's Christian comics. Yeah, the, 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 the artwork changed and got kind of almost like psychedelic, like trippy uh, laugh-in almost. Like characters yeah. started to have like like sort of epiphany bubbles around their heads and, you know, and they were just like tripping balls kind of, but they were tripping balls on Jesus. These are basically, I'm just looking at some screen grabs here. They are thematically and to some extent graphically a good deal like chick comics. Yes. There's a lot of like, oh my God, well, like, you know, everybody on TV is fighting with each other with a big montage of TVs in the background. You get a devil and an angel on the shoulder and just a whole lot of like, oh my God, this is about to go horribly wrong for you. And Archie giving advice about uh, out of my way, Beelzebub. Yeah. Jeez well, there, Louise. Uh, so a Google Archie Rapture picture. Oh, no, no, no. There's this picture that I have. I want it framed on my wall. I want the original artwork or I want a poster six feet tall because it's all these kids in like mini skirts and like really groovy, beautiful, like Brady Bunch kids that are just being fucking raptured. Do you have the picture? I'm not coming up with anything for Archie Comics rapture. So I'm looking for Archie Comics heaven. See if that might be it. Oh wow! There's some. You do get some weird images when you put in. Yeah, Archie. a little more, a little more goth. Uh, is Mitch oh. the one with the little turned up nose? Or is that no? It's Sabrina. Yeah. That's Sabrina, probably. Okay, do uh do do. Oh my God, do Archie the Great Snatch. <sighs> the Great Snatch. Bro. Yes, Your Honor. I did Google that. Okay. No, here I get the Rapture picture right here. Okay. Archie Rapture. Okay. Um. Let me see if I can send this to you. Oh, thanks, Pinterest. Oh, I don't... oh, oh, the Great Snatch. Oh, yeah, but, my God. But wait, the Great Snatch is, is a picture that it goes that accompanies the Rapture picture, but is not the entirety of it. No, you go down a little bit and you get the girl in the blue jean skirt. The girl in the blue jean skirt is fucking going Jesus to heaven. Jesus promised that his people who are living when he comes will go from earth to heaven Without dying. Bum, bum, bum. These stories are ripped from the headlines. Wow. Bum, bum, bum. So, I mean, honestly, like, I have no idea how to get that image in high res. Uh, yeah, this one's a little bit, it's got some bend days. Looks like our show art already. Yeah, there it is. I, that's the one. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And look how, like, groovy they I are. I found There's... a lot of consolation in these ideas as a youth. Well, and see, and see, do you see the... Lie. Do you see the epiphany bubbles and stars around their heads? Like they're all fully tripping. Jeez, Louise. Do you see? Do you see that? Like, and that was a main feature. Well, they got the big, uh, the big, uh, the big eyes. They look like they've had some LSDs. But see the stars, like the little bubbles and stars floating mm-hmm. around their heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, do gooda, do gooda, do gooda. Yeah, like those in the in the Archie Jesus comics, they will have those around their heads when they're, they're just talking to each other and Archie's just like, but then Jesus just solved the, and it's just like, boy, oh he's boy. just got this like tripping ball stuff. So these are all dead teens. Well, they're not dead teens. They're raptured teens. Well, this is like chick comics. There's a lot of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. They, so had their, the, they had their chance. They got the warnings. Yeah, right. So this isn't actually happening. This is just like, this is what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of this when all the when all the girls in jean skirts like go into like. Full oh no! Let's be clear. I want to go. I, even if I'm unworthy, I want to go wherever the girls in the jean skirts are going. 
<laughs> I had a, yeah, I had a large interest. Eschatology loomed large in our family uh, in my kind of latest childhood. My grandmother was very into this guy. What's his name? I think his name is Hal Lindsey, I want to say. And he had written all these books, these Christian, like, kind of like apocalypse books. And then there was a whole series. There was a series I read called, there was 666, was a book about the... Oh, God, I always forget the name. The time on Earth, like the 66, there's the time after, and there's the millennium. You got the rapture. You got all that stuff. I found that stuff super interesting. And was it comforting or scary? Both. Both for sure. Well, 666 was, it was kind of a backdoor pilot for like, what's wrong with the 70s? So uh-huh. it was, went through all of the, because, you know, did you ever read Revelation? I mean, it's it's a pretty, it's one thing to go and read Romans. It's one thing to go and read Luke. You know, you go read John, you go read one of the better Gospels, but Revelation is a shit show. It's a mess. It is, it is so fucking weird. People love to quote it out of context, but Revelation as a book is pretty crazy. Um, and so, basically, I think it was in 666, it describes the rapture, people disappear, I think their clothes stay behind. I've seen, remember, it was like exactly half of the earth gets raptured, something like that. Whoa, but like, what that's happens more after? than I would have thought. Well, people get branded, you get UPC codes put oh, on your no. head that's yeah because that's want. what the upc code is oh. right the upc code is is another version it's of the, the number grades of the beast. it's yeah right that's right i, I, uh, I love the one, my mind was blank right uh-huh. whole situation there and so but it was uh, the reason i say this is that like it was meant to be this like okay here's what's going to happen after the rapture you need to get your shit right because when you're left behind i remember there being a some like black and white line art of a, of a very high-tech guillotine that was really fascinating and terrifying to me if you get left behind, is there? Do you have another chance? Is there another shot at it, or yes. is it just too late? Yes. So if you are, if memory serves, and this is going to, your denomination may vary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you get raptured up if you've done everything right in in mm-hmm. Protestant Christianity, and mm-hmm. then the people who are left behind go through a period called. I, well, I forget I wanna, the name of the period. I want to say, uh, is this in all Protestant Christianity, or is this like um, definitely. Tribulation? Ah, the tribulation. Ah, tribulation. I think it's the tribulation. Let's learn about the tribulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's when stuff is not very good. And that's when every everybody gets a gets a UPC code. The great mm-hmm. tribulation in Christ, Christian eschatology, which is a terrific word, mm-hmm. is a period mentioned by Jesus in the Olivet Discourse as a sign that would occur in the time of the end. Diddly d. Indicated period spoken by Jesus. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, you get the temple building, you get all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so then you got this period of tribulation you got to get through. And then I think there's something called the millennium. And that's a thousand years of sort of like a Pax Romana before the final settling of accounts. But now this is post-rapture. Oh, yeah, rapture kicks it off. Okay, so now let me ask you this. And this is a big question that I've had for a long time, right? If you had a rapture, let's say, for instance, we're just hanging out here. Yes. And uh, all of a sudden, the car in front of me with the bumper sticker that says this car will be uh, unmanned during the rapture. Actually, true to their word, they get raptured. Poof, gone. People all around me, gone. Yeah. And and I'm living in a millennia of Mm post-rapture. Wouldn't that be a clue to everyone left that this was, that, that everything in this book was true? And therefore, wouldn't everybody, like, be super good immediately and convert immediately? I mean, wouldn't you just like Because we're getting at this point like, we're way beyond a burning bush type situation. Like yeah, something has clearly some shit has gone down and you were warned and now oh shit, what am I going to do? Right. This is like you like, did not turn in your paper. It's not like Prince came to your house in Beverly Hills and and Jehovah's witnessed you mm-hmm. where you're like, "Huh, maybe there's something to this." Hmm. Was that Prince? Hmm. 
this would be like, holy shit, like millions of people have just gone, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. straight up to heaven in their jean skirts, like you saw them go. Yeah. Uh, You know, like, forgive me, Lord. Seems like at that point you're going to you're going to get your mind right. You're not, yeah, you're not going to be like, I don't know about this religion thing. I was just thinking about, there seems like there's like, uh, there's certain geographic distributions, and let's be honest, uh, certain vocations, this is going to affect it very, very heavily. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, Like in areas where there's still lots of church-going people who are are legit doing uh, pre-rapture stuff the right way. That's going to be, be gone. They're going to be hurting. And now, now occupationally, who's that going to affect? Uh, cake decorators who don't like gays. Uh-huh. That's right. Hobby, not, hobby shops. Uh, you're still going to have a full complement of Jewish bankers because none of them are going. That's true. That's true. So we can still have Hollywood and the world government. But you're going to drive through Alabama and not be able to get gas anywhere. No gas, but you'll be able to find somebody to play D&D with, no problem. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's actually kind of sounds like a better world. Hmm. It doesn't sound that bad. No. Yeah. Frankly. Uh, you know, there's more people employed by museums than coal mining. Can't be true. Read it yesterday. More people employed by museums than in Musea. coal mining. Yeah. Musea. Turns out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you by Simple Contacts. You can learn more about Simple Contacts right now by visiting simplecontacts.com slash supertrain. Here is what you need to know. Simple Contacts is a convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and then reorder your favorite brand of contacts from anywhere. And all in just minutes. Please pay attention. This is Vision Care Simplified. Here's how this magic works. If you need to renew your prescription, you just take the Simple Contacts 5-Minute Vision Test from your phone or your home computer machine. That test gets reviewed by a licensed doctor and then you receive a renewed one-year prescription, and yeah, just reorder your contacts. It's just as easy as that. But what if you already have a prescription? Not a problem. Just upload a photo of that prescription or your doctor's information, and then order your lenses. Easy peasy, lemon, contact lenses. Simple Contacts offers untold convenience and speed. You can renew your prescription and reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in minutes. There's no more doctor's offices or waiting rooms. We're not going to do that anymore. And the speed, oh, brother, the speed. The vision test is self-guided and takes less than five minutes. Think of how much time you save compared to making an appointment, get to the eye doctor, taking the time off. Think of it. Think of it right now. Speed. Just a reminder that this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye exam. Okay? Consider yourself reminded. But get $30 off your contacts at simplecontacts.com slash superchain. Or uh, you enter the offer code supertrain at checkout. Simplecontacts.com slash supertrain. Offer code supertrain. $30 off. Our thanks to Simple Contacts for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Uh, I believe it. You know, during the 1980s when all the hullabaloo out here in the Pacific Northwest about the spotted owl. Oh, the spotted uh, owl. Was mm-hmm. creating an awful lot of yelling. There was so much yelling out here. I, I, I was thinking about this yesterday uh, and tried to coin a phrase, although when you try to coin a phrase, it's... Yeah, it rarely it, works. It never works. But what I was... Uh, I Instead of causus belli, I tried to coin nostalgia's belli. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Thank I, you. Uh, causus belli means the thing that started the war, right? Yeah. Um, uh, the reason we're shouting. And, uh, and so nostalgia's belli was like, oh, remember when we were mad about X? Like, remember when all we could Judas talk Priest. about? 
Yeah, or or well, now even my, just... my my daughter and I are are, are dipping because of a, a, a popular D and D podcast. My daughter is expressing an interest in D and D, which oh, leads me back to watching YouTube videos from the eighties. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh man, how soon we forget! Yeah, well, uh, Omnibus did a show on backmasking. It was so good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, for a while, actually, you inspired uh, a Twitter bio of mine from that episode. Uh, it's so good. There was a little tool shed where he made us suffer. Sad Satan. (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be one of the all time. That's stairway to heaven, right? You, yeah, you listened to it, right? You listened to the MP3. Oh, really oh yeah, that. no, you oh. guys did. It was very funny, and you did a whole bit. You did a funny bit where you talked backwards. There was a little tool shed where he made us suffer. Sad Satan. Sad Satan. <laughs> but it was impossibly real. There was the daycare molestations. The there have been so many of these panics that were like, you ask anybody at the mall, and to a person, they will all say, this is a real thing, and here's why this is happening. Well, and we are still living, because I said the other day uh, something to the effect of, um, you know, like, uh, nobody, nobody being able to see Snuffleupagus is my hand shot first. Hmm. And I know we're, I know we're sitting here and talking about references uh, that no one will understand. Uh, well, and also we're talking about our tweets, so people are like, "Great!" Are it's are just we? like, it's are we like really? People, are we talking about our tweets? It's like people whose Instagram account nowadays is just like s- screenshots of their own tweets. Hmm, priorities Ugh. are like Ugh. arms. Uh, uh, but okay, but, so wait, 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 wait boop, boop. What, what are you talking about? Oh, Snuff- so, oh, anyway. so, 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 one point. So there was a wonderful character, uh, one of the big, giant, oversized person inside of it, Muppets. Called That's Snuffleupagus. Right. Who was adorable? Two people inside of Snuffleupagus. You, it's like a pantomime horse. Uh, yeah, except it's a pantomime mel- a furry <laughs> elephant. And uh, Snuffleupagus. And the trick was Snuffleupagus was only visible and audible to children. Correct. Uh, and Big Bird. And Big. Mm, interesting. And the, and the thing was not that Snuffleupagus never stood there while. Uh, like Mr. Hooper yeah. was standing there, and Mr. Hooper was like, "I can't see any big elephant." Mm-hmm. It but, was but just Snuffleupagus that, had been on the scene for a while, and I think yep. was somewhat beloved. And Snuffleupagus would he would turn and amble off, and then Mr. Hooper would walk up and say, "What are you guys doing?" And they're oh. like, "We were just talking to Mr. Snuffleupagus." It's a Clark like, Kent Who? type situation, right? Yeah, but Mr. Snuffleupagus at a certain point uh, began to be seen by everyone. And the logic was the mm-hmm. oh, and the thing is like I knew this already uh, because I'm not dumb and I've lived for many years, but I started to get snuffleupagusplained by people on the internet yep. who were like, um, actually, the reason that kids can see Mr. Snuffleupagus now is that that it was decided, it was agreed upon, it was a theory that was accepted. That if kids didn't feel like adults could see Mr. Snuffleupagus, then maybe they wouldn't believe their stories about being yeah. t- touched, T-touched by by the, by the youth pastor, by the bad touch, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, that is a that is a thing. That's like the the uh, the daycare center hysteria of the late '80s, where daycare centers across the country were suddenly under scrutiny for being satanic, satanic, uh, satanic, like children molesting. Factories. Like crazy factories. Mm-hmm. And we all collectively believed that this was a real thing. Uh, uh, and some people were put on Well, trial. just look at the photograph of that guy. He's obviously a child care child molester. <laughs> yeah. He's got to be satanic. Look at that guy. But there are there are things that come, you know, the, the, the fact that Snuffleupagus is no longer magic 
even though he's a big furry elephant, he exists in the world along with this big bird. Mm-hmm. Um, is a is like came from that, but we don't recognize the origins of it in a hysteria. We there are still people online who are going to tell me. I mean, there are still people online who are going to tell me that daycare centers are satanic. Yeah, sure. Child molesting factories. But there were enough people that were like, erm, um, herp derping me about it that I felt like, oh, right. We don't ever, a lot of the time, we don't bother to trace back our craziness to the origin, to its origin. Oh, absolutely not. Um, and say like, where did this come from? Oh, this is paranoia about Judas priests. Well, see, see, also, see also the vaccine hysteria. Like, nobody right. wants to hear that that was one paper from a guy who's now not allowed to practice medicine anymore. Right. That right. doesn't make it. But, you know, part of what's galling about that in some ways is, like, I, I don't want to come off as, you know, well, I'm not going to say the words. The, the problem words. is with these kinds of things where, uh, and this this is the big problem to me, the big problem is feeling like you are doing something sub- substantial about something that everybody can agree is a problem by doing something a little bit dramatic that in the end doesn't really help that problem. Like, are the people who really lobbied for? I and don't, I don't, don't email me. But like, are the people? Are the people who was that decision informed by a flight of child psychologists and law enforcement officials, or was that was that ret- retconning? Was that was it just trying to play safe? Like, I, it comes from a good place. It comes from from mm-hmm. a good heart. But mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, there was a really good podcast I listened to the other day about shutting down Backpage the place that was heavily used by sex workers and the there's all kinds of layers that turns out of turns out to this that were just fascinating where the people leading the charge on shutting down back page in some cases were there's a law enforcement angle but there was also the traffic angle and the child trafficking angle right but in shutting down back page you've also made life a lot less safe and healthy for sex workers well what they're doing is illegal well once you start scratching the surface of that just a little bit and go beyond your 1972 idea of what somebody's supposed to do you realize it's really fucking complicated and right. you just caused a lot of people's lives to become a lot it's these according to this podcast which is must be true mm-hmm. it's the single <laughs> highest mortality occupation for a female in america by an it. order of 50. The second the second highest uh, mortality was was it like a firefighter or something? Coal but mining, like, museum employee. Museum. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all I'm saying is like there's this whole sort of like, you know, hashtag I'm helping angle to this where I don't know, maybe maybe that did help a lot, but I think it also except for the very youngest kids, I mean is that the way a kid is going to make a determination about that? It's way more difficult and complex. Or, or, or the corollary, and I'll shut up in a minute. The corollary, now that a kid knows that everybody can see Snuffleupagus, are they more likely to come clean on what happened with the youth pastor? I think not. No. I don't think uh, that in itself is going to proactively, positively affect any kind of a change. You know what you need to do? You need to talk to your kid. You need to make changes. You need to like do stuff, and you need to be like bluntly realistic and clear-eyed about what the actual problem is, rather than the thing that's easy to solve. Right. Well, you know, I get in trouble on this program. Oh, come on. We're doing so well. I get in trouble talking about computer maths. Right, because I yeah. say that computer maths are not really mm. a thing uh, for college. I think what the, you said is that it is a vocation. It's a vocation, <laughs> and the the trouble that I get into, and I and I, I think about this hard, is the is sciences like sociology and psychology. Um, we 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 call them sciences and we lump them with biology and chemistry 
and we agree that these are all sciences, but but they aren't. Like chemistry physics. is very and physics are very different from sociology and psychology. Mm-hmm. And and so when a physicist says something that's kind of hard to get and they say this is a theory about how particles work. We all go, hmm, wow. And 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 when the physicist says that implies this other crazy universe, and it's all real hard to get our heads around, but you know, like this is the theory, mm-hmm. we go, okay, you know, it's like scientists are doing some science over here. It's not necessary that we question them. We don't quite understand how to question them. So, you know, we're going to let that ride because scientists have done amazing things with their theories. They've come up with stuff like water purification and and rockets and and uh, computer phones. And so we're just going to we're going to trust the scientists. But on the other side, we've got the sociologists and psychologists who are saying things like I've got a theory um, about what makes kids uh, feel secure with, uh, you know, with their youth pastors mm-hmm. and we go, huh, that's a weird theory. Sure. We'll go with it. And the psychologist says, all you need to do is accept to accept this premise is that, um, I mean, all, all we have to do is change absolutely the way that, daycares run or that children's television works or that public housing works and and to and we sit back and kind of go sounds good i guess i mean we can, I don't we can lower the crime rate rate if we just change the phone number at the police station yeah right or or uh you know here's what we're going to do we're going to take all the kids in this neighborhood and we're going to bust them all the way across town and send them to those schools oh, and that'll boy. cure racism what about the whole and, phenomenon of kids thinking that pe- pe- the, the, the people actually live inside of a little box in their house? How are we going to address that <laughs> if, we don't, if we don't explain it to them? And so it's it's hard to it's hard <laughs> to question those things mm-hmm. because they cloak themselves in in science language. But what? But but you to your point, you're talking about you know a th- these are things that are impossible to test. And people are making claims that if we change this one little thing, it will solve giant problems. Like if we just make it, if we just say that people can't use these five words, then bullying is over. If we just say mm-hmm. that kids, you know, that Snuffleupagus can see adults, then no kid will ever be afraid to, or 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 it will change this this incredibly compl- complicated dynamic that's rooted in a thousand things. And and we do it, you know. I mean, honestly, we do it across whole great waves of what we think is going to help society now. And it, you know, and the, the problem is to challenge it, you're, you get immediately on the wrong side. And that's like, it's very frustrating. And I, somebody wrote me a thing the other day and they were like, listen, if you challenge, what were they saying? If, if you challenge something like this Snuffleupagus thing, um, you are empowering anti-vaxxers and i said how Mm -hmm. i mean i wrote back i was just like what are you talking about they're like well you're questioning science Mm. and if you question science then don't question science (laughs) yeah and 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 it was to this person it was a very clear delineation like they were on the side of science as opposed to people who are against science 
And if you're on the side of science, then then you should be on the side of all science. And if something calls itself a science, and we and uni- if it's called a science at universities, mm-hmm. then it is a science, and therefore. If you question it, then that empowers all the different branches of anti-science people, including people that work at creation museums, who I guess are part of this number that outnumber coal miners. Uh-huh. Right? You got to take in the creation museum people as oh, well. Oh, now we're I getting mean, Venn diagrams. Yeah. Well, the thing is, yeah, all or the, or the coal call, museum where they recently switched to solar. Tell me. Uh, tell me what side those people are on. Mm-hmm. Are they science. on the coal museum side? <laughs> They're on science. Are they, on the, They're do on they science. work in the coal industry? Well, science. So anyway, it's it's very frustrating to me because I want to still be able I want to say to people, look, or I want to say to the world somehow and it's and it's hard to do to say look, sociology and psychology are are very new disciplines. And um you know, like cultural anthropology was all the rage in 1950. It was the coolest of all sciences. Everybody wanted Th- to practice it. That was very, it. very hot when I was in college. That was a very cool thing to be studying. Cultural anthropology was mm-hmm. big. Well, now nobody studies cultural anthropology because we realized, like, oh, shit, we're a little over our heads here. And there are all the, we're kind of, there's a lot of colonialism in what we're doing and in how we're thinking. And we have been you know, we've been like doing unintentionally bad things, although we had very good intentions. And you have to look at sociology and psychology and these disciplines who, which are trying to, un, you know, trying to untangle and tease out human society mm-hmm. and, and individual human minds and, and love and sex and all this stuff and, and, and have prescriptions mm-hmm. and proscriptions about these things. That that definitely are trying to create a world, uh, an ideal, an ideal world, rather than than look at the world as it is. And you, I just I feel like we have to be so much more cautious about adopting theories, implementing theories that come out of that world. But like, but <clears throat> but the intentions are so good mm-hmm. that if you say slow your roll on uh, this, right? It sounds like you're against. Right. Fixing the problem. Right. You're against the intention. While you were very uh, ably framing that, you heard me typing, I've just come up with something I'm calling um, the hot take and nutty theory criteria, which is, you are, <laughs> one is, I am, I think we all are, more likely to accept either a hot take or a nutty theory if it meets most of these criteria. Mm-hmm. Number one, it is, it turns out, it is clever and surprising, mm-hmm. and, and maybe a little bit against the grain, but you go, huh, that's interesting. Number two, it has to still be somewhat immediately understandable, mm-hmm. as it turns out. Right? You mm-hmm. go, oh, well, oh. figures. I always wondered why people wanted to work with kids. Of course they're Satanists. Right? Sure. Number three, adoption of the hot take or the nutty theory does not disrupt your own life or repot your own thinking. Good. And number four is a bonus. doesn't always have to be, but it helps if the hot take or the nutty theory more or less proves that you were right all along. Yes! So, so when one of these things comes along, if it's clever and surprising, still understandable, and it doesn't cause you to rethink something in yourself, but basically just shows that you were right all along, the hot mm. takes that ma- and nutty theories that match those criteria are much likely to be something that you share on social media, let alone it, well, on 2020. And we'll sit and like, <clears throat> because I think, I think the component and you, and you're, you're, you're number four, uh, number four yeah. what, what you're, what you're getting at is that 
these things are emotionally resonant. But right? it gets in by way of what feels like what? Yeah. intelligent facts. Right. It intelligent feels facts right. open the door, but then emotions welcome it in. And it's why, it's why for instance, you know, the idea that video games cause violence. Yep. Well, that is emotionally that feels very true. It or just to put it in a, just to put it in, in a slightly different way, uh, seemingly random, violent things happen because of teens. What mm. do teens love? Teens love video games. What do we know about video games? Video games are violent. There's a syllogism in there somewhere yeah. that goes like these guys, these kids who are playing first-person shooters are obviously the reason. The first-person shooters take these tender children and turn them into monsters. Right. And we can prove that because look how violent the video game is. Well, and we do this all the time. Right now in our culture, we're so focused on little boys and how and 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 we're we're absolutely certain that we, there we, is uh, some, we, we can't even we can't even mm -hmm. there's something something between a little boy being born and that little boy becoming a full grown human that that little boy turns into a monster somewhere along the way. And whether or not it is that, I mean, and, 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 and there's a billion theories, he never right? Got the and true every, facts about Snuffleupagus. <laughs> he somehow, right. He didn't read the right Archie comic or he did read the wrong Archie comic Ooh. or he got on the wrong school bus or he watched the wrong television show or something or, you know, or, or he, or was, he, he got, was, he was uh, standing Reggie. He was, or he was moose, or his, or his, <laughs> his dad and his uncles took him into a room at some point, and they said, "Ha ha ha! Uh -huh. Now you join the club." Of, it's a real of, American Beauty type situation, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so we're we're jumping into this like both feet from every direction. Like, what are we going to do about little boys? We're going to this. We're going to that. And the thing is, we've been doing that for fifty years. I mean, that was that happened to me. What are we going to do about little boys? Mm -hmm. Um. As though there's really something, A, a conspiracy, or that the world is a conspiracy, but that we're living in a, in a satanic daycare center of a, of a culture, <laughs> and that we're, we're, that we're doing something to little boys that keeps them from being their natural selves, right? Mm -hmm. That's the premise. That little boys would be gentle and hmm. kind mm -hmm. and, and, and all this stuff, but we're doing something. Our culture is doing something. And that little girls would be empowered and ferocious and, and, you know, and that little boys and girls would be equal, except we're doing something. So all these kind of muddled ideas, like if little, if little boys would be gentle and little girls would be ferocious, but they also would be totally equal if we weren't doing things to them, that's all, that's also kind of contradictory, right? It's like, yes. well, wait a minute, like how, wait, so how, something doesn't add up. Yeah. If they're totally equal, then, then why would they be like, so so we're jumping in and we're like, we're going to, you know, little girls have to do this now. Little boys have to do this now because we're trying to create a world in the future that's closer to what it would have been if we hadn't fucked them up before by jumping in on them somehow that we're not exactly 100% sure how. Yes. We're teaching little so now boys. We're, now we're theorizing. Yeah. And we're, but we're implementing those theories where those, if you go to the elementary school now, there are signs on the walls about what what we do and what we don't do and mm -hmm. it's and it's all very very well intentioned desire to create to turn children into adults that are better adults but we but it's canary in the you know it's like a butterfly in china mm -hmm. 
I know I use that. Butterfly in the coal mine. I know, I know, it's serious. Listen, you can't make uh, Morrissey comments anymore because it's problematic now. But yeah, so so that's very frustrating. Kanye, Kanye, and Morrissey—they've they've become problematic. You know, they always were for me. I feel like very validated. I feel very validated. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, number one, I'm, clever and I'm surprising. Vindicated. Vindicated. Still understandable. And three, it absolutely does not disrupt your own personal theories, life, and thinking about Morrissey. <laughs> That's right. That's and number right. four, shows you were right all That's along. exactly right. <laughs> clap, clap, clap. Join my cult now, <laughs> if you haven't already. Oh, please wait. Have, if a smoky bishop appears at your door, please welcome him in. It's like, it's like a Dracula. You got to invite him in. Look, if Prince shows up at your house in Beverly Hills yes. carrying Seventh-day Adventist papers, what are you going to do? <laughs> Say no think, thanks? No, wasn't he a Jehovah? Was he a Jehovah's Witness? Uh, yeah, I guess he's a Jehovah's Witness. Seventh-day Adventist. If, if he shows up with, with any today, kind of... You're saying today. Any kind, well, right now, especially invite him in. Right. Nothing compares I mean, to you. He he would be a Dracula Did now. you hear that? Did you hear that? Nothing compares to you? Did you hear it? You know, it, you know what? It's not as good as the Sinead O'Connor one. And, no, and, it's probably not, but it was better. it's better than the family version. Well, what's amazing about that video is those... I didn't watch the video. I just listened to the audio. The audio was on oh. Spotify. Oh, no, 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 no. There's see the a video. Because isn't he kind of tricked out in his uh, uh, Purple Rain gear? So so the video, <laughs> Purple Rain gear. Is where, oh, That's stupid. That's dumb. You, yeah, you get that when you go up to Alaska to work in the summer. to you. Um, it's he- Healy Hansen. But I like if that you, riff. The riff got you, smoothed out for Sinead, but I like that bow, down, 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 down. It's a good riff. It's good, and it's in the Sinead version. It's just it like just chilled out. It's chilled out. But she has a much better to you. Like oh, yeah, she, yeah, She yeah. leaves that all te- all that tension hanging in the when, air. When she gets to the, once the doctor, here's what he told me, guess what he told me. That, that, that's uh, that's uh, very, I that still gets me. Well, and it you still can hear, me. I mean, you know, not to be, uh, you know, as a as a person who suffers from mental health issues, I feel, like <laughs> I feel like it's okay. <laughs> look, 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 look. We have established that Morrissey is problematic and that Prince Very. is a Dracula. So you Very. don't need to say anything. The rapture is going to happen and girls with denim miniskirts are going to go flying into the sky. I think the groundwork is here for you to take your Smokey Bishop any way you want. I'm going to, my, here's my hot take and this is going to, oh this is definitely going to com- com- <laughs> comport with your, comport with your emotional take on this already, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. which is that you you can hear that Sinead is bonkers in that track. Oh, boy. And that is really good. That's what makes that song great, yeah. is that Sinead is banana pants. <laughs> and you you hear it. You feel it. It's just like, yes. Mm, I, there's definitely I, a lot of emotion to it. I definitely want to be in a relationship with this girl. Oh, is what God, I yes. Thought. Oh, um, I would have followed her for six months. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no question. But you watch this video, and it is Prince and the Revolution hmm. rehearsing in their studio, their cement floored, uh, fluorescent lighted studio, rehearsing all the freaking dance moves. Oh my god! From this is Purple cool. Rain and all the other, all the videos, his uh, all the eighties dance. Moves. And they're all and he, there. You got whoa! This is cool. You got that's Des, right? You got yep. oh look at him. The guy you got Wendy and Lisa, yep. right? You got, got the you got the surgeon. The surgeon's there. And they're all doing all the dance moves. That honestly, I feel embarrassed to say, I didn't actually ever consider that they had rehearsed those it just seemed like prince was fucking dancing improvisationally look at him go look at those shoes with the cuban heels look at him go he's he's jumping three feet in the air spinning around and landing on six inch heels man that guy that guy is smooth but watching that watching that rehearsal video i was just like oh 
fuck? Like yeah. it just it, it made him so much more impressive and that band so much more impressive. Put it as they say in my veins. I could take a ton of releases from this era. I would be fine with that. Your prince, there, that estate was really greedy about letting stuff on the internet, right? Oh boy, look at my oven mitts. He liked controlling his IP, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he did. He did, and he does even now from his Dracula lair. Yeah, uh, behind the big rock. Uh, that, uh, all the cosmologies confused. No, no, it's all coming together. I um, today, uh, you will receive a package from Amazon.com. You. Who, me? Yeah, I just ordered it for you. <laughs> this is almost, certainly by, by Mima's standards, this is certainly far too old for your daughter. But there's a comic that my daughter and I started reading at exactly your daughter's age that is tremendous. And I'm passing it to you now for you to read. It's a trade paperback that I would like you to read and decide when it's right for her because it's great. And it's called Lumberjanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Noel Stevenson at all, and it's about these like five girls and their counselor at camp where supernatural things happen, and uh, it's oh. really really good. It's everything positive, and it is it is fun, and it's just lots of cool girl stuff. Um, but like it's it's cool. It's, it's Lumberjanes. Lumberjanes Volume One. Beware the the kitten holy. It has been sent to you. It is probably only just barely too old for her actually. But I would like you to look at it, at least read through the first uh, issue and uh, see what you think. I don't think you ever read that Watchman I sent you, and that's okay. My, I bought my wife a Watchman. She didn't read that either. But, well, but this you know, one, have uh, a look. Hodgman sent me some uh, some big, big thing from probably DC Comics. DC. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't know God. where to start. Oh, really? Uh, There's two Supermans? Wow, that's crazy. Well, uh, anything sure that has, strong. Anything that has the Silver Surfer and the Fantastic Four in it, in it really confuses me, and I don't know. Holy shit, John. They're look. coming back. The Fantastic Four is finally coming back. They're back in the fold, and they have uh, the, the, the woman who is drawing the Fantastic Four is one of my favorite comic artists, Sarah Pacelli. It's going to be so goddamn good. comes back in August. Really? Oh, God, the Fantastic Four is so good. I never understood it, but... It's The Incredibles because, before The Incredibles. Well, that's right, and I do understand The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't understand... <laughs> I, and I think I understand The Incredibles because one of them is Sarah Bowles. You're not associated with me. <laughs> it's not um, Buddy, it's Incrediboy. It's Incrediboy. That's right, you, you're friends with Sarah Val. I saw that on the internet. Uh, yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm fortunate enough... To um, <laughs> to be friends with Don't Sarah turn this Bible. into Instagram. Don't do it. No, I won't. But well, I had actually. a very, I had an interesting encounter with her. Uh, you know, I'd known her for a long time. We'd met and had dinner a couple of times, and you know, she just loves like, history. Yeah, we had history, and it was all we were all fun and fun, and just knew each other. You mm-hmm, know, like mm-hmm. in America, we were Americans. Hmm. They were doing the same same. You would say you had you world. had an American life. Yeah, we had we had some kind of of an American life. Heck it could more. be this. It could be that. Uh, and then I was, I was in an airport. I was walking along. I heard my name, and I turned, and it was Sarah. And you know, she's a twin. Oh, uh, she has. She a, looks like a twin. She has a fraternal twin. She sister. totes looks like a twin. She does. Uh, and they were traveling, I think, with her nephew, who was a teenager. And they were like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And I was like, "Oh, hey, you guys." What are you doing? And they said, we're going to far off land. Hmm. They were on some trip, some some family trip, just the three of them, like the kind of fun thing that you kind of wish you'd, you would do, where they're like, we're going to Nepal or something. You know, they were like 
a big trip. On, big trip. Off on a big trip, a big adventure to somewhere where they were all a little bit anxious and going into the unknown. And they had like some time to kill, and so did I. So we spent not not you know five hours or anything, but we stood there together and talked and chatted and had a very nice moment. Uh, and and it, and she was with her family, so it like uh, it you know intensified and 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 made it more intimate because she was there with her people. And it was one of those things, and you have these in life, right? Where you you bump into someone that you've known for years, but you bump into them in a weird place and you have, uh, and you spend 40 minutes together and it, and it just clarified your relationship in a huge way. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I remember there was a guy in Spokane. He was a native American guy who, uh, who was like kind of a, he was a leader of his, uh, I think he was like a Yakima elder and he would come to Gonzaga and he, he was a, a teacher there, but he also was kind of active in Spokane community. And he had two long braids that went down to the small of his back. And he was very in, incredible looking, like intense mm-hmm. looking tall. That's a terrific look. Native American guy who was probably 40. And I, we saw each other all the time. We passed on campus. We would see each other downtown. We were only at the level of like, I mean, maybe head nod. He mm-hmm. wasn't. He had no reason to head nod to me. I was just some 20-year-old fucking dingus. <laughs> but we, one day, <clears throat> five or some some number of years later, bumped into each other on the street in Amsterdam. What? He was coming this way, I was coming Is this that. in the era of the lady in the window? This was lady in the window era. Hmm. And we were both like, oh my God! It's you! What wow. are the odds? What are the odds? Yeah, and we stood there and talked and ch- and just had a lovely, you know, sort of moment with each other. And unfortunately, I never saw him again. I never went back to Spokane after that. So it was like I didn't, you know, I we we didn't, I didn't get the chance to see him in Spokane and be like, "What's up?" Mm-hmm. But you know, we had that meet cute, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I think we would have been friends. And anyway, with Sarah Vowell, we are now closer than we should be by virtue of this 40 minutes in an airport. Um, I've had that with people on jury duty. Say what? Well, you know, just that sense of like, there's something, there's an intensity of being in a room with people where you can like kind of make friends with people and a deeper relationship than you would have over the same amount of time in like a, you know, mechanic class. You know, I've never successfully completed a jury duty, so I have no idea what it feels like. And I know that you've done it multiple times. I I shouldn't even have mentioned it. I don't understand why I... Yeah. It's going to be a Beetlejuice situation. Why don't I get picked? I don't know. You're so good. You're so civic. And I sit around all day just wanting the jury duties to call. Get called to the bigs. I want to get called up. I know. Sorry, I took you off your topic. So, so you you saw this guy in Amsterdam. Oh well, that's yeah. That that was that that story wrapped up. Oh, sorry. I I, I don't <laughs> want to. Jury I, know, duty. I know you were just like jury duty, jury duty. I want to do jury duty, and the only time it ever happened, I've, I'm sure I've told you this. Yeah. And when I was 23, I got called. I went down. I sat in the box. They never even called me up. They Sickening. already they paneled a jury before I even before they even talked to me, and I had all my answers ready. Mm. I was going to be like, innocent until proven guilty. Yes. And, you know, America and right. USA. Open, and, open, you know, open mind. I'm just a, I am a blank slate, a tabula rasa, ready to yep. be filled by the words 
of the by the languages of these attorneys. Mm. I do not even see color. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, black people love hearing that. <laughs> really? <laughs> not at all. Some of my some of my closest some friends, of my are best friends are counselors. Yeah. Um, oh, you yeah. could have been. You know, I could see you getting tossed out just on the basis of your dad. They probably never even got to that with you, but I could see that being a thing. I mean, I I I imagine being an attorney and looking at a potential bunch of jurors, and they see me. Mm-hmm. Well, especially now that I'm missing a front tooth, <laughs> but they just hey, see y'all. me in any situation. Like, you got your bindle on a stick and yeah. your moonshine okay, well, jug. Let me take a look at this. We got a 50 year old guy <laughs> with a white beard. He's uh, he's. Dressed... I should have been a senator, head of the CIA. Any questions? <laughs> he's dressed like a 1930s Hollywood man. director. Now, like let me just be clear about this, Mister Roderick. <laughs> Says here that you regard yourself as what you call the ankle man. And the ankle man is a person who's going to be an interlocutor with with the grace from the alien species. Could you tell me a little bit more about your interest in being the ankle man? They're not going to do that much due diligence, but they're going to be able to tell because I'm going to be wearing jodhpurs. Well, <laughs> well, like, you know, Skynet. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, yeah. eventually they're going to know everything. I think they'll just see it in my eyes because I'm the one person in the jury box who's, like, bouncing up and down with big, big eyes going, I can answer that question. I can answer that question. Ask me, ask me, ask me. Oh, they're going to yeah. say, no, thanks. We would like That's, someone. That, it, it works the opposite of you would think. I do everything to make myself as unappealing as possible as a juror. And I'm a real sad sack, a real droopy about, oh, the only things I feel strongly about. And, like, <laughs> like oh, that'll be great. Bring him on up for a month. <laughs> I've, be, I've steered clear for a while, but I like so I'm pff, jury crack, jury. What is it, squeak? Jury squeak? Jury squeak? Yeah. If I could do, uh, if I could do like a six month long crazy murder trial, yeah. Oh, oh would you like I'd be that? So glad I'd be so glad. I think you get like fourteen bucks a day. It's a pretty good gig. <laughs> Plus mileage, <laughs> mileage. <laughs> Mr. Rogers, a couple more quick things. Since you have some kind of a plan for incarceration of every every youth of middle school age, so that they can be compelled to uh, threat of violence to build trail. Well, let me explain. You think they got to make their own wristwatch and trousers out of things they they find on the road? Is that accurate? Your your Honor, can I answer? Your Honor, (laughs) I'll allow it. Let me explain. It's not you pull out a, a whiteboard and a diagram. <laughs> See, here you have. We, we, excuse, we excuse Jura 26 without thanks. <laughs> but, 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 wait. This is my venue. This is I my care about civics. I care about civics. <laughs> Dragged out of the room. <laughs> now, that's when a... you're going to get your UPC code. They're going to be like, yeah. do not let this person juror again. I'm sure it's already in me. I'm sure that they, they I'm sure that they, they punched a little tracking code into my ass at some point. Oh, like when you go through at uh, TSA and they give you a special code. Well, or when I, you know, when I was running for city council, I was so exhausted for the last half of that. So like just, just heat exhausted most of the time because that whole summer it was 104 degrees every room i went into i'm going into all these these like this is the time when your life consisted of going several places a day where you just listen to people complain yeah just 20 places a day where i was expected to talk for one minute about my entire worldview and then have 20 minutes of people yelling at me and (laughs) And then then like 20 minutes of actually it's more of a comment than a question (laughs) (laughs) i have a question it's actually more of a comment 
I'm sure that somebody in a in a dark suit came up behind me and and like shot some tag into my ass yep, that can yep, be yep. seen from outer space. I wouldn't have even noticed. You could have hit me with a boat paddle, <laughs> and I would have been like. <laughs> This is such a good episode. I don't want to ruin it by talking about anything else. (laughs) 